Hello, I'm Samia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impeak. My guest on today's podcast is Josie Bellini, CEO and creator of Cyberbrokers, a series of 10K NFT collectibles that provide membership and access to metaversal experiences. As a cyber broker holder myself, I've been a big fan of Josie for quite some time, and it was a real pleasure to speak to her after all this time. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do too. When I look at, um, you know, when I look at your work, Josie, and when I look at the, uh, the, uh, your background and everything that you've done, there are three things that really stand out for me. There's the fact that you have that um, background in finance. Then you have the fact that you actually got into creating the art uh, physically. And we can talk a little bit about that. And then there's the storytelling. So first things first, let's start with the art. So you, I, I remember listening to your um, podcast interview with um, Kevin Rose, and you were telling the story of how you created these um, uh, art pieces. So, what's your project? What's your, what's your process with the art? And uh, you know, and, and then we can so because you know you, you talked about the fact that you started creating crypto art, um, but obviously you did you always know that you were an artist because you come from that finance background. Yeah, it, it's funny because growing up, I was always really creative. I loved art. Art classes were my favorite. In high school, I ditched all of my gym classes and was in the wheel throwing room and doing pottery. Like I've always been creative and loved that aspect. Um, also having to be extremely independent at a very young age. I knew when I went to college and I was putting myself through college, which I almost didn't go by the way, but because um, I... I thought, oh, I'll just work and I can make more money working and not going to school um, because I was in that, you know, survival and hustle mode for so long. So when I decided to go to college, I was like, I need a career that I can be successful and make a lot of money. And that was my objective. Um, so I studied finance in school and, and business and um, got a job in private wealth management after graduating. Um, I learned so much in that field, uh, the good and the bad, and I'm very, very thankful I studied it. It definitely wasn't like I didn't study it because it was my passion and it was like a career that I wanted to be in for the rest of my life. But I was determined to make it work and be in that career to make money. Um, so it was really interesting to, to take that path, do, do that major, and then work in the field. And like I said, I did learn so much that has actually been really applicable to all of the other things I continued to do. So I stopped doing art for a while. I did some things on the side, like I minored in digital media design and like taking art classes just for fun when I could. Um, and then really, I sort of put a lot of my art to, so to the side for a, uh, a little while after college until um, I found crypto. And then I started getting back into art because I wanted a way to um, describe my journey and all these things I've learned. And it, it had taken over so much of my life in such a good way. And I had found a community that I'd never found before. And I wanted to get that out creatively. So that's how I like crypto brought art back into my life and it actually made me an artist. I'd always done it on the side and never taken it seriously, but because other people started taking it seriously, it gave me that opportunity to make it my full-time career. Amazing. So uh, you did tell the story, uh, maybe you can repeat it, um, you know, how you were uh, 
trying to sell these physical pieces of art. And, and the most fascinating part was when uh, the, the Reddit story and how, um, you know, how people started reacting to your art. How did that feel? So tell the story for people who haven't heard. And then, uh, you know, how, how did it feel at a time to suddenly get this incredible amount of, um, you know, recognition and, and uh, you know, reaction uh, to, your, to your art? Yeah, so also part of that story that I left out before that I'll mention here, because it's really, it's the sad, it's funny, but it's the sad part of the story. So when I created this artwork that I named Genesis, my first piece of crypto art um, with a woman with a bear mask with bull horns, bear and bull market, and she's looking upwards. Um, it was in 2017, like the height of crypto at that time, ton of scams, all the ICO phase, like um, it was a really crazy time, but I made a piece uh, with this woman with a bull and bear mask and in the background, everything is made with recycled paper and ink and, and paint. And the background has the, the current, the um, logos of all the top cryptocurrencies at that time. Um, so just from coin market cap, I scraped the top ones and, and painted them in knowing of course, that some of the ones I was painting in were total scams like BitConnect is on there, like all of these ones that now looking back, I can't even remember half of the names because they were they've been gone for so many years. Um, but it was important to me to include all of those because I wanted it to be a timestamp. I wanted it to represent what the market was at that point in time, but also having the knowledge of the traditional financial markets and knowing about bull and bear cycles and that we were in a huge bull and obviously that couldn't last forever and sort of like tying in some of those themes and knowledge that I had just had coming into the space. So I created that piece of art and, um, you know, at the time, both me and my boyfriend, who is now my husband, we were uh, we were obsessing over crypto together. We were going to meetups, hosting meetups in Chicago, going to every single thing we could and meeting everyone um, that we could. So we uh, we were we knew like r slash cryptocurrency was the place to be at that time, which is a, a um, channel on Reddit, a sub channel on Reddit. And so I he was like, you need to post this artwork on r slash cryptocurrency you know, just see what people think. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, let me figure out how. And I had no karma points to do it because I didn't have a Reddit account. I had like no Twitter, no Instagram. Like I wasn't a social media person. So um, he ended up posting it for me and it got so many upvotes that it was the top post for two days straight, which is not common to happen on Reddit and especially not our slash cryptocurrency because it was super busy um, those days. And so it stayed at the top. It had, uh, you know, a couple thousand upvotes, a ton of comments, like everyone was asking, how can I get a print of this? Like how, like, this is amazing. Asking more about the art. Like, and I was just like, I was like so overwhelmed because it was the first time a lot of my art in the past was all just personal. And this was also personal. It wasn't something that I was sharing with the world and to have this on display. And for so many people in this community that we had this shared ethos and bond through owning cryptocurrency um, because the, the, the community has changed a lot now versus what it was then. But like, we felt like we were a part of this, like, financial freedom movement like it was very different so like having those people recognize my art and love my art and want my art um was really really powerful so anyways the part of the story that i've never told um that is a huge bummer is that 
later on, so I think it was a couple years after. Um, so my boyfriend and I at the time and later, like I said, husband, we decided that we wanted to stay private about our relationship. Everyone in Chicago knew we were together, but like we weren't going to blast it and promote it on Twitter because we both had our own businesses and we wanted to be successful on our own and not have so much commingling of like, oh, let me introduce you to this person and this person. Like we really wanted to build our own brands and our own companies. So because of that, the trail led back to him posting my art on Reddit and we deleted it. And I'm so sad we did because it would have been such a nice post to like go back to, but I'll have to and figure no out. screenshot. I know. I don't know. I, I, that, I don't have that computer. I lost my first wallet with like all my crypto kitties in it. Like I just don't have that anymore. So maybe there's some like, um, you know, when you can, uh, look at the old versions of websites, maybe someone can help me one day to find the post, but I'm really sad that it's not still there. Oh, wow. That is amazing. It was a bad choice. Wow. It was a bad choice, but it is what it is. Wow. That's fascinating. So, um, okay. There's, uh, I have so many questions. So let's talk a little bit about the community, uh, the nature of the community changing, you know, this is something that I have noticed quite a lot. For example, when I went into proof, um, you know, I came into proof uh, after Moonbirds. And so there were um, uh, like a couple of weeks or so, or three or four weeks after Moonbirds. So there were, uh, there was already people there. There were already people there who were there for, you know, maybe six, uh, seven, uh, seven months. And that was my first experience of going into a community where there were people um, for that long and, and you know, tight knit community quite high end and i noticed that uh there was quite a lot of nostalgia for the early days of what it was like right and, and as mm -hmm. new people came in it changed the nature of the community and you mentioned this as well you said that the community has changed because i think you've been in this space longer than me so maybe you can talk a little bit about how the nature of communities have changed over the past few years and especially since the beginning of NFTs, you've been there from the very beginning. So there's like the community before NFTs and then since NFTs have begun and within your own community. Yeah, it's really interesting because the communities have changed a lot and I've also changed a lot. Um, and so there's been a lot of learning and growing and absorbing and working together that there's a lot of really beautiful things that the community um has changed too, but there's also some things that, like you said, like I'm nostalgic to. Um, like for example, when I first got into crypto um before NFTs or anything like that, I was um, you know, like I said, going to these meetups and people were um mining Bitcoin like in their basements and they were a lot of them were developers or biohackers or people who um you know, were not necessarily in support of the government and wanting to really have their own freedom and living off the grid. Like there were a lot of those like core life decisions that they made and crypto um, was a means that they could transact and live their life in a way um, that could suit uh, their 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 livelihood, their beliefs, their the ethos that they had adopted. So that definitely, that still exists. Like that's not like, oh, that's gone. Um, but I definitely, it was really interesting time where I could learn from those people and why 
why Bitcoin especially meant so much to them um, and why it meant meant so much to um, Venezuela and like all of these areas where this currency was really a a life decision. And like I said, represented financial freedom for a lot of people. Um, And then later learning about Ethereum and how um, you could really code and do more dynamic things with Ethereum and it wasn't meant to just be a currency. That taught me a lot of things. Um, In the beginning, it was really tough to um, balance both worlds because I was creating Bitcoin art and Ethereum art. Um, because I had a lot of people on the Bitcoin side who hated Ethereum and still do. Um, but for me, like, I really love both of those communities still. Like, I love them both. And I've created art pieces that, um, you know, I have a piece called Forward Together, and it's a Bitcoin and Ethereum woman. Um, you know, uh, they look opposite, but they look similar. And it, it, I try to encapsulate what both of those communities are separately, but the name of the piece is Forward Together, because I think that the communities together, they're doing different things, but they both have a purpose and they both have a lot of import, like importance. So it's different. I don't want to say that it's, it's bad. Like there's a lot of nostalgia, definitely, and just really amazing memories from early days, but it's also really amazing to be in a community that is growing and that's being adopted and people are challenging different things and trying to think of innovative ways to, um, you know, fix some of the things that are broken, uh, even outside of crypto within the traditional world. So it's, it's exciting. And I love, um, I'm all for the growth of this community and guess what? It's going to get a lot bigger. So if you're not for that, then, you know, is sadly you might be left behind. So, the whole idea of the community growing bigger is something that I have seen some resistance towards. You know, like uh, the people who have been there from the beginning, they often don't necessarily like things to change and, and like have new people come in. And, and this is both the case in NFT communities and also in the broader crypto community. For example, right now, um, I know that there's quite a lot of resistance towards the Solana ecosystem, because we are like, okay, you know, Bitcoin, you know, then, so the Bitcoiners don't like Ethereum, then the mm-hmm. Ethereum people don't like Solana, right? Like, yeah. and and uh, there's ideological reasons behind it. There is, uh, you know, all, all of that stuff is, is understandable, but at the same time, um, the it's the nature of evolution and and the, the space is going to evolve. Uh, so uh, so I personally try to keep an open mind to that. So t- let's talk a little bit about the cyber brokers community itself changing. So so um, how do you deal with as you know, as somebody who created the art and build a community around it? How do you deal with people leaving, you know, like when people sell, you know, uh, for various reasons, you know, uh, we we just released our um, Genesis token. Um, for a very small community like two weeks ago and in the beginning I was like quite obsessive about people not selling you know and of course it'll be all, we have 90% um, you know unique users uh, because we uh, or, or holders because we um, made it really difficult for people to um, do more than one and it was like it was going to be one per wallet 
connected to your Twitter, etc. But still, a few people managed to, uh, you know, do a, f- a few more than that. But uh, but for example, when I found out that somebody that I knew sold their token, I was a little bit heartbroken about it. You know, and, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, it, it's something that I've been dealing with when I, you know, first started doing NFTs, right? Like, it, it's interesting because the people who are collecting my physical art, I couldn't even give my NFTs away for free to them. They were not interested. And a lot of these people were Bitcoin maxi and like not just not interested. Or even if they were curious about Ethereum, didn't know enough. Like the, NFTs wasn't always the thing in Ethereum, right? Like there was Ethereum before that. So so um, it, it took a, it's interesting because cyber brokers is not typical in that there's a lot of my art collectors and art collectors in this project that wouldn't traditionally be in like a 10k collection project um which is quite nice to have them and they've told me that this is the first collection like this that they've they've been in which is really special but you know i've had to deal with that since the beginning and here's my thoughts um first of all trading is good for the market and it's always going to happen and you can't stop it from happening Um, I think of it in a lot of ways. I try to think of it positively. In the beginning, like the first sales, I was like, oh, well, why did they sell it? Like, did they not like it? Did they blah, blah, blah? And then I started to see some of my users who had, who are collectors who had held for so long when I gave my NFTs away for free and then later sold for but like in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's life changing for them. I am so happy that I was able to create something that you've loved and connected with. And now you're taking that, you're trading it, and you are able to do something life-changing in your life, right? So there's that aspect to it of like, even some people in, in my community, this was the first NFT they ever collected. And with the mint price, um, at the mint price, they got in and then it went up and they sold and they were able to buy more NFTs or buy a car or whatever they wanted. Like, that's amazing to me. I, I, I completely accept all of that. And, and, um, and, you know, I think you treat all of your collectors, no matter how long they're with you with respect. And I'll tell you that even, even today, someone just tweeted that they they came back to our community after they sold a while ago. So I think it's okay. Trading's a part of the market. Um, I definitely encourage everyone to get to know their communities and their collectors, because then it is quite special. Even if they do need to sell for some reason, you never know what's going on in someone's life, or they just decide to sell um, for whatever reason, like having that connection with them, often they come back. Um, or they have made amazing friends and they have a really good experience with your community. So give that to them while they're, while, while they're there. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. I think when you, when you first start building a community, it does feel very personal. Of course, because it's your like, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like our um, mint price was only 0.1 and then some people sold at um, one, uh, 1.55 in this bear market. Mm-hmm. And and in this bear market, you know, the fact that it, it went up to 15 times, you know, uh, above the mint price, you know, and some people managed to sell it at that uh, price, you know, then um, they, like you say, you know, like it, I, I just think maybe they needed the money, maybe like the, yeah. you know, whatever, for whatever reason they um, minted. But I think as a, as a founder, part of the reason why it kind of hurts is because you know what you're building and you know, yeah. you know that 
like I know that these tokens are going to be worth so much more as we continue to build this brand and the kind of access that we're going to give people, you know, the kind of opportunities that we're going to unlock for them. Right. Um, and and when, when that happens, you know, then, then you know that, right? And you know, like, oh, yeah. damn, I can't believe it, you know, like. But you, oh, should think, you should also think about it the other way of now you're welcoming someone new into yeah, your community exactly. that really wants to be there. Exactly. So that's like you're almost touching more people in that way you've given someone who's really positive about your token because they've gotten a great return and you're getting someone who really wants to be in your community yes. um and you can impress that upon the new person you know yeah i love that yeah i i, I really love it um so when you look at the nft space right now um you know there are so many overlaps like that there's so many um uh, uh, 10k collections and there's a lot of overlap so a lot of people who have one of these have got others i know that it's very hard to know exactly how many people are in the space because people have multiple wallets but from your kind of like bird's eye view, view when you look at the space how big do you think the space is oh right now i mean at least in comparison, it's it's tiny to what it's going to be like, like tiny, like I this stat is probably 100 percent wrong. And I'm totally probably remembering this wrong. But I think daily active on OpenSea is like 40,000 wallets or something like like or maybe maybe that's not daily. I have to look. But anyways, it's tiny. Like there's like when you look at other markets like like IP or, or gaming or all these markets that are like literally trillions of dollars. Um, our space and the community is so, so small. Um, it's NFTs, especially I believe are going to touch every aspect of our digital lives and our lives are becoming more and more digital every day, no matter who you are, you're glued to the phone for at least or computer or screen or whatever for at least eight hours a day. When you wake up in the morning, what do you do? You look at your phone like at like our digital life is is just increasing consistently and um, digital ownership will be part of that, which means NFTs. I couldn't agree more. You know, since I've gotten into NFTs, I don't think I've bought a single luxury item. You know, really? like, yeah, like, I, that's like, interesting. you know, when I, I used to, you know, a lot of times, like before going to bed, I like to kind of like look at something on my iPad, maybe read something, you know, or if I need to order something, I think part of it might be because of the pandemic, because we haven't been wearing stuff as much and, and going, mm -hmm. but I remember like looking at Netaporte was like my uh, part yeah. of like my routine right like it was like at nighttime when I was going to bed I was like oh let, let's look at what's new on Netaporte but now um it's looking at OpenSea <laughs> well because think about it like you it's also um and I've known this from the very beginning it's easier for people to spend Ethereum than it is for them to spend dollars like we still have like spending which like it's funny because a lot of people in the NFT space and probably because it's male dominated would be like spending $2,500 on a bag. That's absurd. That's crazy. I would never do that. And then they're dropping like $10,000 here, $20,000 here, like on a, you know, JPEG or, or, you know, obviously it totally depends on what it is, but, but it's, it's such a different experience. Um, interacting with crypto and interacting with um, US dollars or, or currency. 
Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, it always reminds me of, um, so I grew up in Iran. I, I was born and brought up in Iran. And then um, when I was 21, I was working for a European embassies in, in Tehran and I got a visa to for the first time to visit Europe. And uh, I remember when I went to uh, Germany the first time, you know, the currency that I took with me, the money that I took with me. When I, uh, just walking around at first, it was so difficult to, because I was constantly thinking, oh, this bar of chocolate, oh my God, in my mm -hmm. money, like it's gonna be so much more like, you know, I kept yeah. doing the, the, the calculation. Um, and then after a few days, once I got used to it, I was like thinking just in, in you know, I, I can't remember what the money was at the time in, in Germany. Uh, I don't think Euro was uh, was yet um, uh, introduced or, or may have been early days, but it was like I was thinking uh, constantly that, uh, you know, at first it was very hard. You know, you were constantly thinking, oh, this many Euro, this many uh, ETH you know, mm -hmm. uh, or this, uh, this means this much, you know, in dollars, but, uh, but once you get used to ETH and once you start to also earn in ETH to some degree, yeah. you know, that's another thing, right? It's kind of totally. like earning in, in a, yeah. Um, uh, so what are your thoughts on, um, the Solana ecosystem as somebody who is like an Ethereum OG, how, when you look at, you know, how these new ecosystems are uh, evolving and, and the user base is very different. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know enough and I need to learn more. I It's funny, I went to um, I went to Lollapalooza, which is like a music festival in, in um, Chicago um, a couple months ago. And there was like a Solana booth and like we walked through it and they had some like screens with art and um a place where you could scan and get a free nft um i didn't i didn't scan but i i went to go check it out and and uh obviously those sorts of like festivals are much younger crowd um so it's really interesting to see um i obviously have heard a lot about the success of solana but i haven't interacted with it enough so i don't want to speak like on it since i don't know a ton but i'm not against any of the other chains like i think that um, they're, they all serve different purposes and what is best for that purpose, like will prevail, you know what I mean? And like, we have, um, I I've recently seen a lot of art pop up on like in the Tezos community that, um, is a lot more approachable than some of the, um, platforms that are just selling art that are, that's on Ethereum. I think that's an amazing way for an artist or just a creator to be able to release, um, their, their art and their creation to a different user base and, and see how that goes and experiment a bit. So, um, I think, I think all of it is, is great as long as the platform has good intent and is doing the right thing. Of course, I know a lot of people are skeptical and worried because we have dealt with a lot of things that are outright scams or end up, um, you know, failing, and then you're left with NFTs that are empty and you have no image or no volume, like, and they're gone, right? So I do understand some people's reservations on wanting to stick with the most popular chain to protect their assets, but it's just a lot of research that needs to go behind that. And um, like I said, a lot of these other chains have lower priced items, which is go support someone, go try it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good to know that you have uh, you're keeping an open mind to that because um, 
I'm exploring for because we are an educational platform for us. It shouldn't really matter what people, um, uh, you know, which chain people want to use to buy a membership token to. Right. And I brought it up on um, on our discord and uh, it was interesting to see there were like different reactions, different, different, you know, thoughts on that. So um, so it's good to hear that. So um, going back to, you know, when we were having our men, uh, I had uh, I was working with Posty, who is one of your uh, your members. Oh, no way. She's actually in our community. We gave her a scholarship to our um, uh, to uh, we gave her a Genesis pass as a scholarship because she missed the mint and uh, then it became too expensive. And, and I, I really liked her and I, I wanted to, um, you know, have her in our community because she's um, uh, studying, educating, and, and I think, you know, she would be a great person. We are actually giving another scholarship to your community. So we're picking another person um, that oh, very cool. people have been uh, applying for a scholarship from your community. So, oh, that's um, amazing. Uh, so, so when I came into uh, the Discord, I was talking to people there uh, in, in your uh, Discord. Um, I noticed that people were so friendly with each other. Like they were, uh, it was one of the, the kind of friendliest Discord channels that I had seen. I, I never noticed from uh, going there so many times, I never noticed any kind of animosity, any kind of like people being angry with each other. Maybe I didn't spend enough time, but but that's what <laughs> I noticed, you know. And, and I, I asked people, how come you guys like each other so much? Like they were like so friendly. And they said that it was because uh, they did quests together and and as they went after these quests and, and trying to figure figure them out they started that they created teamwork and they became like brothers and sisters so tell me a little bit more about this quest thing and how you uh you know how did you go about building a community because you were in finance and then you figured out that you were an artist yeah you know a lot of the the community building for me um was when i first started selling crypto art and i was going to these conferences and meeting collectors and and chatting with them even before they became collectors just people at these conferences and and getting to know them and why they were interested that always stuck with me and it was really important it's also why really early on i made a decision that i wasn't going to sell my art on art specific platforms that i was going to make my own contract and sell on OpenSea. so you know i'm right by the way i'm very good friends with super rare they had they have some of our dgen balloons in the collection are super rare but i decided to never sell on like a super rare or some of these platforms really early on later i, I changed some of that but it's because I knew the power of directly connecting with my collector myself and not having that middleman in there. And so that's how I learned really early on how powerful that deep connection was, being able to see them at a conference or chat with them in a Discord or you know, directly have them connect from collect from me. And so I brought that over to cyber brokers and to this ecosystem. I was really lucky that I already had a collector base that knew me personally, um, that was really excited about cyber brokers. And we're also extremely welcoming to new people that join us, even people that sell like and and are, you know, in the channel saying, you know, I have to sell this for whatever reason, or I'm just selling this. Like, we don't sell shame. We don't, we don't do any of those things that 
in my opinion, aren't positive and just like bringing the community forward because what's the point? Um, we want to uplift and build everyone together. So I think it's, it's we've been really fortunate that we have a, an amazing base of people who really, they collected cyber brokers because number one, they knew me and believed in what I was building and wanted to support me or they saw the art, they didn't know who I was, but they saw the art and really connected with it. And that's why they wanted to collect. Um, I really don't think we had a ton of people who are only collecting to flip and who are gonna be pissed if you don't do an announcement every day. Like we just from the start had a different like basis, but also within our within our chat, like we, you know, recently we started once a week, we have like game night and we play games to like literal games just on the internet, like among us, we've been playing lately. Um, we play among us together. We, um, do these quests together. We have an AI bot where we give each other feedback on some of the, the inputs that we're doing on how to like do seed sculpting and get a better output, how to edit, you know, the images afterwards to make it look like a movie poster. Like it's a very creative and like, really supportive community and anyone that comes in, they see that and they want to add to that. So that's, I mean, obviously that's not a clear answer of why it's like that, but I think that was the foundation to a strong belief I had and the community continued that and has made it 10 times even, even better. Yeah, no, I can imagine that. One of the things that we're doing is um, as this um, business is growing, you know, like for example, we we're thinking about doing a free mint and then we discussed it on the platform on, on discord and then we decided not to do it and it's like just involving the community in these decisions rather than coming to them and saying okay this is what we're going to do you know just just getting them to be part of that journey they they really love that and uh and and also i think as a founder it makes you feel less alone because yeah. you, you're you know you are getting feedback from people and you know they are uh they're able to give you their input and, and you know that there's not going to be a massive backlash if you come in and say you know we're going to do this and and you know if you involve them from the beginning it, it always really helps um tell me a little bit about as a founder how do you deal with the um, uh, market condition and, and the price going up and down and how people feel about the space. Because I'm, I'm thinking that is probably something that is reflected, like I can see it a lot in some of the other communities that I'm in, that when the market is down, right? I remember when I first minted my Moonbird um, because I was uh, very lucky that I managed to, uh, you know, I, I, I won the raffle and I minted it. And uh, like the amount of excitement in, in the Discord, it was like, yes, we are getting to 20 and we're getting to 30, you know, and it was like, and, and then when the, um, when the bear market came along and, uh, you know, you also see that the exact opposite of that. So how mm -hmm. do you feel about how people feel about it and how do you deal with it as a founder? Do you ever address that? Do you talk to people? Uh, that, you know, we are in a bear market, things are different. Yeah, you know, it's always a tough situation. Like, first of all, also at the last point, like, I'm always learning, like, I don't have the answers to everything. And I haven't seen all that's possible with the outcome of each market turn and each thing that happens, like of how the community is going to respond. So it's also really important for me uh, to stay 
you know, agile and and lit and ears open and listening and being able to change different philosophies I've had that, you know, I've learned maybe aren't the, the exact way and be able to to mold to be the best founder I can be. But with this, with with the market changes, like it's it's tough for people. And of course, people are going to talk about it because they're seeing their portfolios get cut by 80%, right? Like it's a huge deal, no matter who you are in the space, whether you've invested, you know, a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand, like it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. So, um, the really, in, in my opinion, and I think, and I'll say from both, but like, in my opinion, I have a, a different case where I've been through a crypto bear market before. Um, I, my life is this, I'm not going anywhere. So I also think it's important for communities to look at their founders and look at the company and look at the track record to make sure that they are also involved. And that doesn't mean they have to be OGs and have been here for so long, but just look at what they're speaking about. Look at, look at how they're dealing with this. Cause us folks that are staying around through this bear and, and can survive through it will be successful on the other end of it. Like you have to stick through. And I think that's also like something that um, I'd love to share more with my community. And, and I think that a lot of them feel it as well, that we have to band together and be positive and stick through it because on the other side of it, like there's a lot to gain. And right now it's not just like a crypto bear market. There are a lot of things going on in the traditional um, you know, world and financial system that is going to be a huge effect on us. And I don't think we're anywhere near the bottoms right now, um, which is scary, but it's also like, you just have to hold on at this point. I think it's, it's really, uh, all about ultimately, uh, you know, people were asking me actually on, on our discord, some of the people who were more new, they were like, when do you think this bear market is going to finish? You know, how long is this going to go? And I was like, it could go for another 12 to 18 months. Just, just, you know, hold off. And, and then they were like, oh, I've lost so much money from different NFTs. And I was like, you haven't lost the money because they are, you know, uh, it, it, it's an asset that's gone down in price and it can come back, you know? So I was like, yeah. as long as those projects um, actually manage to get through this time, you know, you're going to be fine and, and those assets will come back. Um, so uh, you mentioned to me that you have a nine month old and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey as a woman in this space. And uh, how has that I have so many questions about that, actually. So so let's start with um, being a woman in a space that is generally speaking quite male dominated, you know, like we have got um, uh, a lot of projects that have very little representation of of women. I was like looking at doodles the other day. Uh, I actually sold my doodle, and um, and I was like looking to pick pick up again, pick one up, and and I was like looking at the women one, and there's only two hairstyle women. You know, like there's oh, only really? two, right? Wow. Like yeah, when you look at um, the male uh, doodle male uh, hairstyles, there's so many. Like there's like uh, I don't know. 11 12 different maybe more than that hair size whereas mm -hmm. with with the female one there's just two hairstyles there's one that the hair is down and then there's the uh, two little uh, kind of like the uh, what do you call it the, the buns right um the double buns and and um and that was it and 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 i was like this goes to show you know this was an early piece 
uh, of artwork in in the space um you know one of the earlier kind of uh, uh projects and, and it was clearly not made for um, that kind of representation and diversity um so yeah so um how did you how did you see your own reception as a uh, female founder and uh how did you decide you know uh, of uh, uh, on the diversity of the artwork sure uh the diversity of the artwork was um not necessarily something that we wrote down on paper like oh we have to make sure the art is diverse it's something that just naturally we were like we want people to connect with our art we love and celebrate our community in the world as a whole and let's make something that people can see themselves in um, so that it like it just was natural to create art that looks different and doesn't just look like a like a white person, like whether male or female, like doesn't just look like one person. Um, so that was that was something that is just like was natural. Um, and even in my previous art, like I always want to celebrate and represent a lot of different cultures and learn about um, you know, a lot of different cultures myself and figure out how to properly represent, um, everyone. So I, um, it was something that was a no brainer, um, not something we had to put like a ton of research or thought behind and, um, being a, a woman in this space, like it's interesting because I need to find a better way to answer this because I, I, it, I don't know how it comes off. Um, but, to be honest, I never think about being a woman unless someone mentions it. Like, and, and I believe me, I support all women in this space and, and like more, like, I know that a lot of people deal with certain struggles, but from being a woman, but for me, and like, maybe it also has to do with the way I grew up, but I've seen so many other people around me struggle for so many deep reasons beyond gender that I've never seen being a woman as um like I had like you know a barrier because of that even coming from finance and yes I was one of the only women on my team but it never it never clicked in my head that that was um you know, a way that I was set back from other people because there were so many other people that were set back for so many bigger reasons, in my opinion, than gender. So I think being a woman in this space for me has been great. Like I, I don't regularly think about it. So I need a better way to answer it because I don't know. If I that think, no, it makes sense. Way. I actually, uh, I think it makes sense. I think, you know, like I don't wake up in the morning thinking I'm a female founder. I'm, I'm a founder, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm building something. Um, but there are uh, statistics, uh, you know, and that uh, speak for themselves. There's yeah. the statistics of, um, you know, the representation. There's the statistics of the investment. There's like all, all of these things are, you know, are reality. But ultimately, I think um, that if you uh, if you don't think about it and you just keep building, you know, people will notice you and, and uh, you know, and you find your own tribe. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so and also on that point, really quick, like. I'm not, I'm not going to buy into a collection that looks all male. Like it, I don't connect with it. So I, and it's not that I'm against them. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't pique my There's interest. no representation. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not even like, oh, I, I don't like them because of this. I just, I don't even think about it because I can't, I can't connect with it. So it's not even on my radar anymore. 
you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like I, I thought about, uh, I was looking at everybody, uh, D-God was, was a rage everywhere. And I, I want to get Frank on my podcast so that I can specifically talk to him about that. <laughs> you know, like, uh, in your world, there are no goddesses. They're all, <laughs> they're all gods. You yeah. know? But, um, and how about being a mother? So how did that uh, play a role? And, and how did your community react? Um, you know, did you explain to them, like, I, I'm having a kid, you know, like, yeah. how did that all work out? So <laughs> that is, okay, that is something that I do think of, of that it's there being a woman in, in, in some cases of, of having to bear a child is much harder. Like I, in, in, you know, I had a lot of conversations in my early, preg- my first five months, I was really, really sick every single day. And it was a really, really tough pregnancy. And my husband didn't have to go through that. He could run his company how he ran his company every day since. And I had a huge break in my work and a reason why Cyberbrokers launched later than I wanted because I was throwing up every single day and exhausted and completely wiped out. And it's something that I never expected myself to be like that. Like you don't know until it happens. And I was like, this is so unfair. Like I felt resentment and I felt alone. And it wasn't even just like, I didn't want a woman to, 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 to vent to and talk to me about it and agree. I was just mad that my husband could go on with work and I couldn't because I wanted to work and I wanted to build and I physically could not. So like, I definitely had a moment where it was really, really tough. And now being a mom and us both being parents now that our, our son is here, um, it, and I can get back to running my business. It's, um, it's amazing. It's something I would never change. Like it's, it's so amazing. And I feel so fortunate to be able to start my family and and have a child. Um, but we have a nanny and I thank her and love her every, every single day because it's the way that I'm able to continue my work because being a full-time mom, a stay-at-home mom for anyone that doesn't know is no joke. And it's way more work than working a nine to five or full time. You have to both hands, both eyes on baby all day. And it's, it's isolating for me in some cases, not having that adult interaction. So hats off to every single woman that decides to be a stay at home mom, or even just having babies, like it's a tough thing to do. And, and we have help, which like means that I can actually do work. Look, I really appreciate you being so open and, uh, you know, honest about sharing that. I think that's important that is talked about. Uh, and I would say that if it's any consolation, you know, I decided not to have children precisely because of that, because I was like, I know myself. I know I can't do it. I can't. Right. Like I, I have two cats and they're already so much. And that's more. enough. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Right. That's I there is no way I could not possibly ha- have a child and build a business, um, you know, and this is my second business. I, I have another business that my team run and, uh, you know, it's it's just so much work and I'm working 15, 16 hours a day, you know, and like, exactly like I can't do it. And and of course, also, like I'm an immigrant, I don't have any family around here, you know, like, like it's like, just, yeah, I can't I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, no. And I and I I believe me, I, I respect that decision, too. And, and a lot of even planning for our our child, like we had to think in our business minds for a moment to decide, is this the right time? Who, what support do we have? Are we able to afford support? So like it plays into a much, you know, larger conversation. So 
Yeah, no, no, definitely. And, and um, that's why, you know, when sometimes when I have conversations with men that they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I would I would love a child. And I'm like, I would have a child as long as you are the one who is bringing it. <laughs> you know yeah like like i'm i'm happy for you know everything else just just like as long as you are gonna do the work yeah that's the end of that conversation exactly Exactly. well um look i I really appreciate your time um this has been such an interesting conversation honestly i really really um enjoy talking to you i learned so much and thank you for sharing your wonderful wonderful um perspective on all of these things Yeah, thank you so much. It was really great getting to chat with you and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Josie. Be sure to follow her and Cyber Brokers on Twitter. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give the five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show. 